Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. These are the KC Tapes. You, man, and Favaz explore the backstories and interviews heard on KC, the longest-running rock station in the country. Hey, everybody, John Hewlett here. My partner is... Favaz. Also known as the Mighty Favaz. Sometimes. Sometimes. And uh, we're here to do episode 44 of the KC Tapes. And today's subject matter is an interview that Favaz did with Slash. Slash. Uh, he's going to be headlining our Pig Roast, which is our big concert this coming Saturday, August the 10th. And I've interviewed Slash a bunch of times. I've met him a bunch of times. I don't have the date on this one. I know that he was playing Pops. That evening, I remember being there. So I'm, I'm guessing this was early 2000s, maybe mm. late okay. 90s, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking early 2000s. And Guns N' Roses was in what state at that time? Uh, they were in a state of, I don't want to say flux, but he was not in the band at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, either was Duff. Um, it was probably Axel and all of the other guys that he had. I don't even know if they were they were going out touring at that time. They probably were. Um, I don't think Chinese Democracy had been released yet. So they yeah. weren't, uh, as far as Slash and Axel speaking, they were not speaking to one another whatsoever. Uh, yes, so. yes. Cause that, and that lasted for a long time. It they did. didn't speak to each it other. It sure yeah. did, yeah. yeah. And it took uh, lots of money and a phone call to get them back together uh, to do it. So, uh, but, you know, Slash is a really good interview. He he. He he says kind of funny things in a way. In this one, I think he was still drinking. Like his overall life, he was still drinking. I don't know if he was using, uh, but he doesn't do anything anymore. Yeah, uh, because he had to quit, mm-hmm. or else he was going to die. Yeah. and I read his book too. I mean, it was just all really good. But you'll be able to hear it here. Yeah, then. and he's a soft-spoken person too. He is, especially on the phone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you'll hear it here. And uh, right off the bat, John, you'll love it because he talks about my name. Ah, I love when these artists have... <laughs> where do you get a name like that? They're amazed by your name. I know. And I've... In the, you know, like I said, this was probably the second or third time that I've interviewed him. Um, and, you know, I don't expect him to remember no. much, but, but he brings up my name again. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. All right. Here we go. All right. The Mighty Vaz and Slash. How you doing, man? Hi, man. I can hardly hear you. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Okay. Where did you get that name? <laughs> My last name is Favaza with an A on the end, oh, so okay. I just cut the A off. And it, from my vantage point, it sounds like somebody who gets really dressed up, like real spiffy, and goes to discos. <laughs> where, where do you come up with that? And yeah. he also said, from my vantage point. Now, vantage point is usually like when you're looking out yes. and I'm looking and I see. What? Maybe he did have his hand above his eyes. He was just looking around. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, I've never thought of your name that way. Because then I'm tainted because I know that Favaza's restaurants. Right. Favaza's a you know, well-known name and, and uh, entrepreneur in this area. So. I can see from it's the outside they pretty funny. Yeah, I guess. they they have they don't have that reference that we have. Yeah, that's funny. 
All right, let's start here. I'll just uh, I'm taping this, by the way, so okay. I'm gonna play it later today. Oh, that means I can say podcast. You can if you like. Like last time when you were in town, you did live on the air, which was no, I'm not really that. Um, for some reason, I guess I don't know. I'm not that bad anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Casey ninety five Real Rock Radio. I got him on the phone. Slash from Slash the Snake Pit. What's up, dude? Oh, not much. I am. What am I doing? I'm recuperating from a pretty pretty uneventful evening last night, so we had to sort of improvise. Yeah. So I'm recuperating from that. How, how can you recuperate from an uneventful evening, though? Well, uneventful meant that nothing, where the town that we were in, there's nothing really going on, which means you have to make things go on. Yeah. It's all illegal. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's not what you mean. In other what? words, uh, professionally finding out how to get yourself into trouble. He's, he's probably Usually very they do that good at, at the that. hotel. Yeah. Yes. Last time you were here, you had a day off and you ended up on the east side, over right. at the uh, the strip clubs, and actually that's where you're going to be playing kind of uh, tomorrow night. If I remember correctly, yeah. Yeah, it's called Pops uh, slash Snake Pit with Conquest tomorrow night. And right. some, some tickets remain, but not many. It's almost sold out. And, yeah, that's where you were last time you were here. You, I think you were out there till like, 6 in the morning. It always surprises me that somebody of his stature would end up at, at Pops. Now, Pops is a fine venue for a lot of artists. Mm-hmm. But somebody with a name like that, to me, a pageant automatically comes to mind. Right, and yeah. he's played there. Yeah, uh, but I I can't really say I know why. I mean, it was you know you heard me say Slash is Snake Pit, so this was still his first band after mm-hmm. Guns N' Roses, if you will. Maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's what we do is we pick out all the best places that you know to hang out at, and then when it comes <clears> down to actually doing the the, the actual show. We know where to, when it comes to booking the gigs, we know where to book them. <laughs> you can just stumble from the gig. You stumble from the gig to the uh, strip club, so that's a good thing. Hey, um, are you feeling all right? Because uh, didn't you have to drop off the ACDC tour? Cause yeah, you had... no, it was. You know, it seems a lot harsher than it really was. But um, what it was it was a matter of bad timing. You know, all of a sudden getting sick at a time when you had to make a decision as to whether you could leave or not. And it wasn't really my my decision to make. It was my doctor's. Did you have pneumonia or something? Yeah. Wow. Like sort of an extreme version of it because I've been carrying it around for a long time. Yeah. Right. Uh, And and probably partying doesn't help, Slash, does it? Um, Well, that's what what you tell yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And you walk around for about, I don't know, five or ten years, you know, believing that. And then... Finally, it turns around and it goes, no, you know, wrong answer. <laughs> you know, but instead of walking pneumonia, he had rocking pneumonia, I guess. Oh, that's a good one, John. Thank you. Thank, you know, thankfully, it it, it it came at a time where, where uh, um, you know, at least I'm not pushing daisies or anything. Ah, very good. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to Slash on Casey. Once again, Snake Pit's playing at Pops tomorrow night. And uh, also, you have uh, one of those in-store signing things to do at a place called Vintage Vinyl. Yeah, that's going to be really cool. We've, done, we've only done a couple on those of those this, this tour because of uh, the fact that it can get a little hectic. Right. So we managed to, to, to uh, put together a strategy, or a, uh, let's put it better, a strategic way of doing it so that we don't get we get everything done we don't get too crazy the people don't get too crazy and uh everybody walks away happy and it doesn't take too long the hardest thing about it really when it comes down to it is that it takes a long time and it's usually on the day of the show right right it's going to be it's, I, I hate it when you have to like you know turn kids away and go sorry I didn't make it in time right it's going to happen at 5 o'clock tomorrow vintage vinyl on delmar 
And, uh, yeah, I, I would imagine it does get crazy because, man, people definitely want to meet you and get your autograph. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just nice. It's a compliment, you know. Um, it, and, uh, uh, it, it's, you know, you, you feel like really in, in touch with the people that, that actually are going to come down and see you, and they always usually have a lot of nice things to say. Absolutely. And uh, you can see people face-to-face and, and sort of still a rock and roll atmosphere because you're in a rock and roll store, but at the same time it's outside of the club. You know, and what, on a street level. what's kind of funny is is that uh, this past Tuesday slash was the 10-year anniversary of the riot at Riverport, and here you are in town. Yep. So it's 2001. Yep. So that was the year we're, there you go. we're talking. Right. <laughs> you know what? It's okay, so then I'm not an idiot. No, okay. no, it was 10 years ago on July 2nd. Because, uh, no, did, uh, like, I think it was about two or three days ago. Um, I was on the tour bus, and I was going, you know, it's ironic that I'm playing in St. Louis, which I've played St. Louis since then anyway. Right, right. And, uh, you know, here I am, I'm going to be completely out in the open, <laughs> having an in-store in St. Louis coming up, and they're going, but they love you in St. Louis. That's I right. I know, but there's always that feeling that, you know, it's like, well, if we can't get the redhead, maybe we can get the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't, Yeah. laughs> that's funny. Now, you know what's even funnier is, you know, this uh, Casey Pigros, this concert that we're going to have on August 10th, He's going to be headlining, and that's the venue where it happened. Yes. And I don't think that he's been back there playing. Since. Yeah. Since. And I hope we get to ask him about it. Uh, it's not looking good right now as we record this thing. Uh, he's not even doing meet and greets or, or anything. Mm. So I'm, I'm hoping yeah. we get to ask him. But, you know, it's kind of fun. He's he's just a really nice guy. And he was like, oh, I've played St. Louis a bunch of times. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Most people, and you... you you wouldn't think this because he's very synonymous with Guns and Roses, but I would imagine a lot of people just don't make the connection that he was a part of that. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, I, I, think, mean, I think Axel got all the attention because he started it and then he had to go to court over it. Right. And so when people think of the riot, they think of Axel. Right. But Slash was right there. Slash was right he there. He was right on stage and, with and, him. And did Slash say anything negative about St. Louis afterwards or did he uh, kind of... He did that night. He he, when he was like, yeah, fuck you, or or, or something, you know, like that. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know that he said anything negative After, afterwards in the press. No, I yeah. don't think so. Okay, well, yeah. maybe that's another reason why he gets a pass. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen now. We we know what the problem was there. So I think I think it's all it's all very clear. Yes. we have a tape of that. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Uh, in, oh, a videotape. Yeah, the of the actual riot. That was what we had. When we made the riot video, do you uh-huh. remember that? No. We posted it on our website, and then we got a cease and desist from the roadie who oh. said, take it down because you used my my footage without asking, whatever, and we got it from somebody at the amphitheater. Oh, that's right. You know, but that's the footage he's talking about. Oh. It's good the stuff. tape of it. And it's, actually, it's pretty uncomfortable for me to watch it. I don't think I watched it in its entirety. But it was taped by our photographer yeah. um, who happened to have his video camera. You know how that story goes. Oh, right. I just happened to have my uh, <laughs> port account. Anyway, but so he taped it in the thick of it, so it's got all the, all the movement. You know, the, 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 the way that the camera zooms in on everything oh, is in the same kind of 
kind of energy as to what was happening around him. In other words, if somebody shoved him, the camera went this way, and then the camera went that way, and it was up and down and around Man. and everything. And it was just it was utter chaos. That's, that's different that, video. Yeah, that was different video. Yeah. yeah, he said it was a photographer. What we had and what we used was from a roadie who, right. was, who was mainly backstage. And you could see the band. They were they were like huddled and were wanting to go back out, mm-hmm. you know, because we've yeah. heard that. And then it didn't never happen. It never happened. Yeah. Um, where would this this video be now? I mean, it's a long time uh, gone. Uh, you know, uh, uh, what do you Vimeo? Call it? Are you familiar with Vimeo? V-I-M-E-O? I mean, I think uh, the guy that put the whole video together, Jim Modlin, our former video director, just put it out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you can search it and find it. Maybe yeah. it's really good. I've got it on disc. Uh, we did a really? we did an interview with uh, 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 Walter from B and D and mm-hmm. Sunil, who was the number two at the amphitheater that night. And mm-hmm. we interviewed Sebastian Bach about it because they opened for him. The right. were open. It was a really well put together video, yeah. and I think people would like it. And you were there that night, of the and way. I was there. Yeah. I was there and uh, told my little story about it and. Um, you know, hosted this this thing, and we we shot a lot of video out at the amphitheater. It was, it was it was really cool. Yeah, you know, that was one of the really sort of like uh, in a negative way flukes of of the entire history of the, of, of the Guns N' Roses as a band, because uh, no one would have expected that to happen. Yeah, you, know, you just don't think that way. Oh, I mean, you know, we're not really <laughs> No, I'm surprised. Actually, I'm surprised it hasn't happened again to them. You know, when Axel went through this whole thing of not showing up on stage till like two o'clock yeah. in the morning for yeah. shows. Yes. Um. Yeah. He doesn't do that anymore. No. Because money talks. Right. But at the same time, if in the video in the in our video that we made, we talked about you know the fact you know that. Uh, Everything will be okay. It'll it'll just depending. It'll it'll just depend on he, how he is, mm-hmm. and the he is Axel. Right. I remember Sunil Sinha saying that yeah. on the video. So they did all the prep that they could do. So they knew yeah. something could happen if he right. let it happen. Right. That's what he was talking about. You know, all things considered, we're not the kind of guys that would incite something. And I, even you. Now wait, but you're telling me you don't think Axel is the type of guy that, <laughs> that yeah, would incite something? Do oh, good, good way to go after him, Bob. Yeah. Hey, Johnny. Axel's not the type of the guy that would incite. Um, I, I don't know how many seats that place has. 20,000. 20,000. Yeah. Somewhere in there. It would incite a 20,000 you know, person riot, not to miss and destroy all our gear. Right. I mean, if he had that in mind beforehand, <laughs> then I just didn't know him that way. <laughs> you know? But uh, I think when he got into it, it was a combination of a bad mood, um, uh, he was having a rough time with security in the front row, which he relates to right. very closely, which I never pay much attention to, but he did. Right. And this guy with his camera, like we've never seen guys with cameras in front of the, you know right. our audience before. And so he put all that together as a way of of postponing um, the rest of the show because he probably didn't want to finish it anyway. Right. But he probably he probably would have gone back to the dressing room, chilled out for two seconds, and we would have gone back on. Which, yeah. as you said, the video yeah. shows they were considering. They were ready that. to do that. Yeah. yeah. So what happened was instead, he went out there, caused all the ruckus, and then we were forced to go into the dressing room. And I remember sitting with him in the dressing room, and then finally he said, "You know, I, was, I saw a, a policeman on a gurney go by, and he wasn't looking too good." Yeah. And, I, and he's like, "You, it's like one of those things, like out of the movies, where you open the door, and it's like, 
and you close and it's silent. Right. You know? Wow. It was really sort of, like, surreal. Well, what and scene was this worse? Is, this is pretty heavy. Whatever's going on out there is really heavy. And you guys and got the hell out of there then after that. And then Ash all of a sudden turns around and he goes, let's go back on. And Izzy had left the building by then. <laughs> right? So me and Axel actually did attempt to walk out there to see if it was possible to go on. My amps were out on the grass, way past, past the concession stands. I mean, the lighting truss was down, you know. And right. My guitar tech got hit in the head with something. He was in the hospital and so on and so forth. So our management stuck us in a little van, made us put our heads down, and we went all the way to Chicago. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. In a van, they left the bus behind? Yeah, they left because they knew they wouldn't be, you know, singled out. Like, if if a bus pulls out of there, people yeah. are probably going to start banging on it. Well, they just went in a van, and they stuck their heads down, and they drove all the way to Chicago mm. that night. Wow. And they had to cancel, they had to postpone their next show, because they didn't have their equipment. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> Some guy in... Jefferson County had it. <laughs> it's funny now, man, but at the time, I know it, you, you were it, freaking no, out. No, it's not even funny now. It really it's is. funny how you got out of there. Not not the people getting hurt, but right, that right. you had to be you know sneaked out of there. And yeah, then we had to cancel a couple shows after that because right, sure we didn't have well, any equipment. Well, which, <laughs> which scene was worse, though? That one or the one in Toronto? When the one, no, the one in it was it was in Toronto. It was Montreal. Montreal, that's right. And that one was that one was a little bit more. Um, uh, a little mellower. That was like, w- when that one happened, I was like, Christ, you know, not another one of these things. Right. And we were in the dressing room, and you could hear what it was, was the, the dressing room was on a lower level than the stage level. So you could just hear everybody pounding on the ceiling. Wow. And so that, was, that sound made it sound really scary. And so at one point, I went out a back door, and, and went. it's like a, this, this place is a hockey arena. Okay, so they got shops and all this on one level. Like right. there's, a, there's a stage level, and there's a place where you can get like food, and there's there's hockey gear and and all you know this kind of stuff that people hockey people buy. And uh, <laughs> what happened was I, I snuck, to, I peeked through this door and looked at them looting the hockey shop. Right. And that was pretty much the extent of it. Once they got to that point, of it was they're going to loot, loot yeah. the hockey shop in Canada. Do you remember this one? You do remember? I remember this reading about it. Yeah, this, I believe this was the one where James, they, it was Guns N' Roses and Metallica touring, and James got hit with the flash pot and got burned, and Guns N' Roses could have saved the day and gone out early, and they went out late. Yeah, and then Axel did his thing again, where he just walked off the stage. <laughs> he didn't want to play anymore, or mm-hmm. his throat hurt, or whatever. And yeah. people started rioting. Yeah, the stage or beating anybody up. It was fucking the first guy who threw a rock and broke the window at this hockey store. And then he stood there for a while to see what the reaction would be, and nothing happened. (laughs) So he ran in there, grabbed one piece of clothing, and then ran back to where the crowd was. And then once he'd done that and nothing happened, he ran back and did it again. He got two pieces (laughs) of two articles of clothing. And then everybody started doing it. It was like mice, you know, in a a pet store. (laughs) And then slowly but surely, they completely emptied out the the concession stand. But it wasn't as violent, you know. As the Riverport one. And, of course, that's the gig. All I know is just don't mess with people in St. Louis. (laughs) Of course, that was the gig that we were talking about when uh, James Hetfield of Metallica caught himself on fire. Yeah, that was was just a bad scene. That was a bad scene. I don't want to dwell on it. Okay. For one, for one... You know, we were supposed to cover for him and go on early. Instead, we went on three hours later than we were supposed to. Yeah. So 
so that was that was one thing. Yeah. It made it made it really hard for me to even talk to James for a while after that. Just yeah, because, but you know, it's never it's never my fault, but it's one of those things. It's still, you know, um, kind of like guilty by association. In a way. Yeah, yeah. Well, interesting. Yeah. Whose fault was it, Slash? Yeah. <laughs> God, man. I mean, if you think about the way that Axel was back then. You know, as compared to what he is now, because he's gotten older. Right. And I was at that show a couple of years ago when they came back to St. Louis, and he really didn't say much. He was like, did you miss me? He yeah. said something like that. Uh-huh. You know, it was a different vibe. It was totally yeah. not the same. I wonder how many times, probably numerous times, uh, Slash had to cover for Axel in a lot of different situations, you know. He yeah. probably, that's probably, I bet you that was probably one of the reasons why he quit talking to him after a while. He's probably Could, just sick of his yes. stuff. Uh, on top of what other business issues might have been going on. Right. It, Slash was is always, has been always one of those guys that even if he was using heroin or whatever, he was always ready for the gig. Yeah. And he talked about that in his book. I remember reading his book. He was just always ready to go on time. Uh-huh. And here, he just said that that night they could have saved the day, but they went on three hours late. Yeah. And that's what pissed everybody off in Montreal. And this was 2001. I wonder in 2019 what his association is with James Hetfield or the guys in Metallica. I bet it's good now. You think it's bet, cleared yeah. up? I yeah. bet it's good now. <laughs> Guilt by association, perfectly. But anyway, enough dwelling on all okay. that stuff. So if in, in case you were going to ask me any more guns questions. I, I wasn't. Actually, I wasn't going to at all. And I okay, was, was surprised you. that you, because I know you don't like to talk about it, but you just started yeah. talking about the riot and it was the 10-year anniversary. So. Yeah, that was sort of the beginning of the end. <laughs> we're talking to Slash on Casey and uh, yeah, Snake that's playing it. Said that was sort of the beginning of the end. Beginning of the end. but uh, Of the band, I guess. Uh, I think the, he was For the long about, hiatus, No. Was he I talking about the interview? I think he was talking about the interview. Oh. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Like I said, Pop he says tomorrow, weird stuff. Yeah. He says weird hmm. stuff. So. Now, what's going to be different about the show tomorrow night, Slash, than uh, when you opened up for ACDC back in September? Other than you're going to play longer, probably. Yeah, well, this is definitely different. That was, that was a great tour opening for ACDC. It was a great way to, uh, to, to really break the band open, you know, and get us out in front of a... Uh, an arena arena audience and see how we how well we go over with a record that wasn't really out that long. Right. I actually did a tour before the record even. Yeah, came I out. think I don't think it was out. Yet. So that took a lot of balls on our part, <laughs> and and just to go out and do it and see if we could pull it off because in my memory, um, in all the years that I've seen ACDC, I never could remember one opening band they ever had. <laughs> and so after we signed the deal and said we were going to do this thing. I also knew in the back of my mind we could we could walk out there and it could be the you know a big disappointment for the guys and and at the same time just sort of like a, a reality check for me. But instead, it turned out that we were really well received. Yeah, you were. You guys loved us and wanted to keep us on for for the duration of the tour. That's cool. He just seems like a well-balanced uh, individual mentally. To, to think that he had the issues that he had doesn't make sense. Yeah. You, you hear him speak. Like, just right there. Yeah. You listen to that whole thing, and you go, God, here's a guy that was hooked on heroin. And if you read his book, he did crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah. You know? Um, and then today, he's he's clean as a whistle. Yeah. And it's just kind of funny, yeah. Sometimes it's a sign of a sick man, a sick person who could, uh, you know... Throw you off the trail so so easily yeah. like this. I don't but know. but I've never heard like a bad thing about Slash. No, you know, no, you don't hear even it. behind the scenes. You just you no. just never hear that he's a dickhead or anything like that. You hear nothing but good, actually. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, they called recently and asked if we'd fly out to Europe and do some shows then, but we couldn't. 
So how how long of a, a tour are you on right now with Snakefin? Is this like all summer or what? Uh, well, actually, it, we're, it, this is uh, we're we're getting towards the end of it. We st- we started. We wanted to do two months, so we're getting. I think the 18th of uh, this month, we're going to. It's July now. It's what the fourth or the fifth? It's the fifth, right? Right to this. So uh, we're gonna stop on the 18th. And then we were going to South America, and there's some European days being discussed, and uh, some other stuff. And at this point, I really want to go in and do another record because it's about—it's been about you know—in October it'll be a year since it's released. So right. I figured, you know, try album a year. Let's try that. You know. Right. Now, <laughs> great concept. When when you played it uh, with ACDC, though, it was uh, basically the bulk of the material was from uh, Ain't Life Grand. Will we hear more stuff from It's 5 O'Clock somewhere? No. You know what? Times have changed. There was a time when you used to be able to go out and test new material. I know we don't have forever on the radio to talk about this stuff, but when when we were doing Ain't Life Grand, way, way, way before the record came out, when we were writing the material, um, I would book gigs, you know, like around the... uh, the Southwest, you know, Southern California, you know, Southern California, right. or, or and like to the very edges of Southern California, almost to Mexico, and uh, um, we would play songs that are on the record, some songs that aren't the rec- on the record, and do it just to test out new material in front of an audience because that is really the hardest way to to go out and see how well how good your music is, right. how good the band is, and how how you know, basically how positive the overall vibe is. Right. But at the same time, in this day and age, um, when you go out and you start playing new material, someone out there is taping it. It's on Napster in a second. <laughs> right. And oh, Napster. Napster makes right. an appearance. Yeah. It's funny to hear people say, now in this day and age, no matter what year we do these, then, you know, this one happened to be 2001. That was 18 years ago. He's saying in this day and age. Yeah. And so know. much has changed since then. Oh, my gosh. Napster yeah. is not an issue anymore. Yeah. No. Not like in the old days where you bootleg something and you could pick it up in the store, you know, like a small record store or something. And I always thought that was sort of cool. I always thought bootleg stuff was cool. Yeah. But now, now it gets all over the Internet and your record's out a year before it's even released. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know? not right. So we decided to hide the new material and keep it till the release of the album. And so we'll play all of Ain't Life Grand, which we weren't doing during the, the ACDC tour, just some of it, right. plus some of the other stuff that we do. And, and uh, plus it's our own gig, so it's 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 a completely snake pit environment. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And, and everybody is the same guys in the band that we're here now? Yeah, today? same guys. Okay. Uh, and once again, Slash will be at Vintage Vinyl signing stuff. You'll sign Guns N' Roses stuff, won't you, Slash? Yeah, I sign the Guns N' Roses stuff. The other guys sort of, you know, they want well, I was in Right. <laughs> well, I said the other guys what? They, they they won't sign the Guns N' Roses stuff because he was like, I wasn't in that band. Oh. So that's what he was saying. I'll blame him. Vintage Vinyl but, tomorrow. Know, usually the coolest thing to do as far as just, uh, et- you know, good etiquette is, con- is considered concerned is, uh, you know, whatever gun stuff you have, that's cool. I'll sign it. But always bring a snake pit thing with you. Right. So that, you know, the whole band can sign that. Well, that, they can, they that can, means you went out and actually bought a snake pit record. Right. They can buy it right there. Right. So. To anybody who goes, well, I didn't buy a snake pit record, they have them at the record store. <laughs> <laughs> and it's called Ain't Life Grand. And Splash can't wait to see you tomorrow night, man. It's going to be oh, a rocking show. It's killer. It's going to be so killer. And uh, it's always good to talk to you. And, uh... Once again, happy anniversary, and we'll see you. Uh, we'll uh, see you tomorrow night. Happy anniversary! Yeah, the riot. 
Oh, you call this, is this, is this exactly the day? No, 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 it was uh, Tuesday, actually. It was Tuesday, yeah, okay. It was Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you said that, I was thinking, yeah, it's like really close, close, close to it. Yep. Anyway, that was sorry, it. again, I sound stupid about that, but I just don't have a good time <laughs> clock in my head from one thing to the That's other. That's okay, buddy. That's why I'm here talking. I, I've got the clock in my head. That's what you're there for. <laughs> All right, All right yeah. Slash, we'll see you tomorrow night, dude. No, thanks, man. I'll talk to you later, though. Okay. All right, Slash, thanks a lot, man. Okay. All right, there you go. There it was. Good interview. Thank you. Excellent. He's uh, he's a fun guy, man, and yeah. uh, the show is great. He's going to be great uh, this coming Saturday, although I just saw last night on Twitter, I don't know if you saw it, I tweeted, retweeted it, his drummer is having emergency uh, retina surgery, and so I don't know if it's the roadie or somebody else is taking his place, oh. so that'll be, yeah. that'll be kind of weird Saturday, but won't have his normal drummer. Um, what would your opinion be of his career outside of Guns N' Roses? I think it's been, as far as you're looking at album sales and all that stuff, non-existent, yeah. really. Uh, but as far as, you know, somebody that, that, that you know, I, I think I, I have all of his stuff. I liked yeah. it. I yeah. liked it. I think the quality of his work yeah, is off good. the charts good. Yeah. But how he fits into what's going on in rock and roll these days anymore is questionable. You know, I'm not questionable, but but uh, it seems tougher for an artist like that to to make way. You know, he doesn't sing. He's just a guitarist. Right. right. And those guys have always kind of struggled to find their way. Uh, going back to the days of Jeff Beck and, uh, uh, you know, Robin Trower and all of them, you know, had to have somebody sing for them. Right. So they've struggled in that regard. But as far as his quality of work goes... He's as good as has ever come along. Yeah, and he's got yeah. a good singer, Miles Kennedy, who has been with him now for a number of years. Uh, it didn't start out that way. It was it was a guy named Eric. I don't remember his first name, but I drove him around one day when the first time they came through town. And uh, he's always had good singers, but Miles by far is the best. And yeah. um, it, does he need to make other albums? I don't think yeah. he he does. He yeah. doesn't need to. You know, I think for him it's a labor of love. He right. loves what he's doing, loves yeah. the business. And yeah. it's good to see for anybody, you know, doing yep. what you love to do. You know, our second most downloaded podcast, John, is the uh, podcast, uh, I forgot what episode it was. It was early on. The the one that I did, uh, that we did, uh, Slash and Duff from the pageant. Yeah. That is number two. Is right really? behind uh, Shelly Grafman, who was the architect of Casey. Uh, that one from Slash and uh, Duff is number two. So search that one out here on, on our our uh, Casey Tapes podcast, you can listen to that one, and then this one's really good, too. Actually, he talks more about the riot in this podcast that we just did yeah. than he did the other one. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I do so, remember, yeah. 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 All right, that's it. That's episode 44 of the Casey Tapes. I'm John Hewitt. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, STLUman, and on Instagram, I'm Johnny Hewlett. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Casey Guy, Casey 95 Favaz, Facebook. AMF, adios. AMF to you. My friend. Hey, Okay. The Casey Tapes with you, man, and Favaz. For more on the history of Casey, go to KC95.com or the Casey mobile app. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.